0: Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Abby Crew, Assistant Dean of Academic Planning, Assessment and Improvement, Curriculum Review and Innovation at Colorado Mountain College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Now, I was curious, so I know Digication's had a, a long history in supporting outcomes based assessments. Um, many institutions have approached it in, you know, whether they're collecting work within individual courses or more. Uh, of a kind of cohort approach, very often they may be, you know, sampling from pools of work and presenting it to a, you know, kind of committee-based review sort of process where there's a group of reviewers that are going through and, and looking at the work. And with the introduction of Quora courses, there'll be more functionality for performing assessments within the actual courses. And I was curious if your institution is planning um, to use both kinds of approaches or one or the other, what what might your plans be?
1: We're not really sure yet. Um, I did just email your tech support folks and Jeff yesterday, because what we would like is a template, a universal template to um, rollout for all CMC users where the assignments are preloaded. Um, the About Me section to introduce yourself and then the Knowledge, Involvement, and Application that have the AACNU rubrics already overlaid on them. Um, so previously we were embedding Digication in each Canvas course and we hadn't yet figured out how to do that more program-level, institution-level uh, assessment. But I think yeah we're getting someplace now uh, with the new Cora build that we can can overlay the template with the assignments for all CMC users. So that's exciting. Um, And we'll see we'll see what we learn from there and how we need to iterate and improve in the future. So we haven't tried it yet, but that's the, that's the idea. That's
0: a plan. That's, that's exciting. A plan. That's laid <laughs> <lead> plans, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, I, I think it'll be fun. You know, whenever we're working with institutions, you know, there's always the kind of um, initial plan. And for many it's the first time that they've ever had this amount of kind of data right at their fingertips that they're able to assess, there's been a kind of long history of, you know, certain individuals being charged with tracking down uh, evidence of student learning and not having a way to just kind of directly access um you know, evidence of what students have done, already have it mapped to various learning outcomes and and have the tools for different reviewers to be able to access it, whether they're doing it right within their courses or maybe after a semester or academic year um, for more program or institutional level kinds of assessments. And um, I was, you know, kind of curious in your discussions with faculty members kind of going back to those initial four reflection questions that you gave them um, as they were kind of envisioning what they might hope to see from their students were they always kind of thinking about the the outcome first and then what students create or were faculty members kind of thinking, well, we have, you know, these signature assignments or these kind of core experiences that students have, and then thinking about, you know, what outcomes do really align with these? I know in some conversations we have with institutions, they've just drafted new general education outcomes, and um, or maybe there's certain professional practice programs that have specific standards that they have to work towards. So I was curious in your um, kind of work with faculty, you know, and they may have approached it in different ways, but how are they kind of even getting to the point where they could clearly see, you know, what it was that they wanted to collect from the students? Or, you know, what did they want to know about what the students were creating that they might not have had a, a kind of means or tool to do before? Both, I
1: uh-huh. will say, um through our our four question um authentic assessment um, protocol, faculty are asked to reflect on the outcome that they're assessing, the artifact that they used, and then how they knew um kind of what the students did or didn't do, kind of what their benchmark or expectation were, and then improvements in the future. And so, The evidence that we've created or that we've collected to answer that question is that um, improvements, uh, answers to the improvements question are both, I need to scrap that assignment and I need to better articulate how this assignment aligns with this learning outcome. So, like, we have received answers both and. Um, yeah. Which is great, and so also I, I really do rely heavily on the work of Win Kelm. I'm not Win. I'm not saying her name correctly. I'm. I apologize. Uh, but she has the framework for transparency in teaching and learning, and so we share that with all of our faculty to help them think through the assignments that they're creating and how they align with the student learning outcomes, um, both at the course level and at the institutional level. Um, So that either they can change some of the language in their assignment or they can tweak part of their assignments as well.
0: That's great. And when you're having these conversations, is it something that um, faculty members are doing kind of remotely and then coming back and reporting on it? Or is it something that's done more in collaboration with each other?
1: Again, both and. So we have 11 campuses across across like 200 square miles in mountainous Colorado with passes and canyons and everything in between. So um, our organizational structure is a little different. Uh, We often don't have any full-time faculty in some of our departments. Uh, Large two-thirds of our classes are taught by adjuncts, um, many in area high schools as well. So when we are able to come together uh, as a faculty body, it's really uh, a special experience because so often we are an N of one. Um, and we do try to share our information as broadly as we can, which includes um, roadshows and a, a lot of effort on our part and also virtually and leveraging um, virtual meetings to bring folks together. So kind of all of the above
0: yeah, both and on it, the campus
1: and within the department.
0: That's great. And it sounds like uh, and this may be a big part of your role, too, that there seems to have been this kind of um, culture that's been created where the faculty members do feel comfortable sharing that they may not have all of the answers at the at the onset. So that there's still this kind of open, Dialogue about you know what what assignments they may have that are working, assignments that they have that maybe aren't working yet or that they had high hopes for but need to be tweaked in order to get the kind of results that they're looking for, and I was curious you know is that something that's always been kind of in existence since you've been at Colorado Mountain College? Or do you feel like it's something that maybe is starting to emerge because of the conversations that have been happening around the general education outcomes or institution outcomes, and maybe some of the changes that have been happening as a result of more integration of the the high-impact practices?
1: I think that all change starts with relationship building. Um, And I have been at Colorado Mountain College for 12 years. um, And I am in year two of my brand new eight title, eight word title. So um, prior to um, this position that I am in now, I was an adjunct faculty member. I was also department chair. So I had an understanding of the inner workings of the institution. I also had relationships with many of the faculty as department chair. So um, I think that they like COVID also changed pedagogy in so many ways where, you know, there was trust building and there was vulnerability and there was a disclosure of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can we all help each other? And the students feel the same way. And so I think. That when we are able to model vulnerability and we're able to show up in these ways that that cultivate trust and and it's safe to to fail and to iterate and improve, um then we all learn and grow, and our students and really our own professional practice um is to benefit from it right so i it I would say it's not new. I would also say it's based on a long history of relationship cultivation,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And I was curious, too, so in your own teaching, uh, you mentioned that classes just started yesterday. Thank you for you know, spending time with me right at the beginning of the semester. Um, so I was curious, is that something that you kind of speak to when you're working with your students also? Or maybe, you know, is that something that informs your approach as, a, as an educator as well?
1: For sure, and as I shared earlier, I always think of the the Hair Club for Men quippy title. <laughs> like, I I'm, I'm not just the president; I'm a user too. Um, so when I kind of wear the admin hat of like, you should have ePortfolio in your class. Here's how awesome it is. Here's how I used it in my class. Right, like I. See. In my new role, I have the privilege of teaching one class a semester, and they are my very favorite classes to teach. Um, and I get to try out new things and see what fails, and hear from students about how to improve my instruction and/or tweak an assignment. Um, and that, I think, goes a long way because I'm I'm in it. I'm like in it with the faculty, doing what the faculty what I'm asking them to do as well. So we can all learn and grow together.
0: Yeah. And so what are some of the things that have happened with your students as a result of using ePortfolios in your own teaching?
1: So I've had students um, really excited to share their learning with their family and friends outside of the space of the classroom. Um, I have students doing just remarkable projects and here is a platform for them to celebrate their work. So Uh, That's been fun. I haven't yet heard of a student getting a job from ePortfolio, but just wait, I know it's coming. Uh, Our business (laughs) faculty are super excited to integrate ePortfolio in all of their internship classes this fall. So I know that it will go far and wide in job placement as well. I just don't have the data on that yet. Check back with me next year. Oh, yeah,
0: we we should chat again. And we have some other really great conversations that'll be published soon uh, about internship specific kinds of work that are happening at other campuses as well. So we should definitely um, stay in touch on that front. Um, And I was curious if there was anything that maybe surprised you um, in what some of your students might have shared within their ePortfolio, whether it was um, maybe some kind of challenge that they had had or, and you don't have to talk about, you know, specific students, but was there, have there been any kinds of reflections that made you kind of step back and say, "Oh, wow. You know, this is something that you know, you hadn't really anticipated, but that the the students kind of brought into their story about their experience, whether it was something happening at the institution or or outside."
1: Not yet is my answer to that question, and the reason I think it's not yet happened is because my classroom Um, I strive to cultivate a space of belonging and so Mm -hmm. I invite we started class yesterday with students sharing the story of their name and so that's just how we kick off a semester that's That's our ice-breaking activity Um, Mm -hmm. and so students have reflections almost weekly and so by the time they are um, experiencing the Digication platform I have a pretty solid relationship with my students. So I've not yet had a surprise. That's not to say that it won't happen. Um, But weekly, I am surprised by my students. And so because I think they have um, a multitude of opportunity to share of themselves throughout this semester and not just in this like culminating ePortfolio experience, um, I've not yet been surprised. But again, I'm sure it'll happen at some point.
0: Yeah, but that's really interesting because you have the, this kind of reflective process built in weekly that you are learning quite a bit about them as the semester kind of unfolds. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, what are some of the kinds of reflective prompts that you use in your own teaching?
1: And so very quick, reflective prompts at the end, like our exit ticket is the muddiest point. What what made oh. absolutely no sense this week. <laughs> um, oh. And so we'll start class the following week with the muddiest point. Um, and I'll do a word cloud uh, with Mentimeter of like aha moments, like what stuck oh. with you from the day. And so even just those like super quick reflective activities. Um helps me stay connected to the students and also the content and my pedagogy, right? Like in those two very short prompts, I'm able to assess a lot about the student learning, my delivery of the information, and um, sort of the, the impact of that content on the student.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, if you're finding that a majority of the students had a similar muddiest point, that it's good to know that then so that you can come in and support them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I will always say like, if it's one or two students, that's kind of on you, but we'll meet in the middle. If it's everybody, Uh that's on me.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) All all good information. Right. (laughs) All good information. Yeah. And so when they're sharing these kinds of reflections, is it something that they're um, sharing openly with each other or those things that are just shared with you? How are you kind of approaching that?
1: A little bit of both. Um, so in WebEx, they can um, drop in the chat a muddiest point that is connected to their name. Um, also in the Mentimeter, it is anonymous. So I will, um, I will vary uh, how I solicit that feedback. Uh, it is helpful for me to be able to connect with the students one-on-one and know who they are, if I can support them. Um, also, sometimes students don't, don't feel safe or secure um, and would share more in an anonymous uh, venue. So like a Padlet too, we can do, I, I employ um, a number of different technologies in my room to solicit feedback, both anonymous and identified.
0: Great, great. And we haven't touched on this too much, but you mentioned that um, there's advisors that are involved with the e-portfolio as well. Could you describe that a little bit?
1: Sure. I I, this is all theoretical and ideation. And again, check back with me in a year when we have uh, I I have an article sort of percolating in my brain and I need the data to be able to write it um, about how integrating ePortfolio at the level of an advisor um, helps engagement with ePortfolio, helps advisors support their students and helps students make connections between classes. Um, and beyond classes. So I really see it as a rich opportunity for engagement. And I will say um, there is one scholar at IUPUI who's doing this right now, Rachel Swinford, um, and I have brought it up at the AAC New ePortfolio Institute. And and it's kind of a burgeoning field to engage student services in ePortfolio. And to me, it makes all the sense in the world. So um, we are Looking at holistic advising um, and kind of reimagining our advising as they align with our academic and career communities. We are just now becoming a guided pathway institution. and so all of these changes are kind of the perfect storm to add this tool to help support and capture student learning. Um, so again, like we we haven't seen it take off yet, but we have a lot of interest and excitement, which is wonderful. That's like first level of change yeah, is you need important. some interest and excitement. <laughs> um, and then we'll we'll sort of have a soft scale up of implementation um, and then we'll evaluate how it's going and um, iterate on improve and improve as we go along. So um, again, in, in my brain, it makes all the sense in the world. And I just created a an assignment sheet that i'm happy to share out with you and it, it kind of walks students through semester by semester and so prior to meeting an advisor uh, inviting students to create their e-portfolio to populate their about me section um their pictures artwork um i'm looking at my assignment sheet right mm-hmm. now <laughs> under the course tab they can list the courses that they want to take any co-curriculars that they're involved with or want to be involved with any achievements that they're coming to us with. And then this is just an opportunity for an advisor to get to know their advisees um, on a deeper level and allow their advisees to share of themselves in like a really, I think, kind of special way. And so then upon the completion of their first semester, the invitation is to upload an artifact of their work that aligns with the institutional student learning outcome of knowledge and then explain how and why. That artifact uh, demonstrates one of the competencies within knowledge, involvement and application. Um, And I kind of walk through those instructions semester by semester. So the advisor and the ePortfolio is that through thread for an entire student experience. So it's like a living curriculum. And the other thing that I love is that it allows for growth in real time so a student can leave four semesters later and look back at who they were when they came in and that timestamp yeah. stamp is like demonstrable growth right like I have a five-year-old who grows every night and this is like an 18-year-old's trajectory or a 44-year-old's trajectory um, yeah. and they can say like yeah that was worth my time and money look how much I've changed because of this experience like that's that's kind of awesome and that's what we hope for
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And and I do think, you know, in terms of going back to relationship building, again, that the for the advisor to have all of that information about the student, you know, maybe even before they have some of those first conversations together, I, I think would just make it's so much more meaningful on both sides. Um, I know very often that students have very little kind of face time with their advisors, and, you know, if they can get certain things kind of embedded into their conversation before they're even together, I mean, I think it could just go so much further,
1: and that is my hope, that it's less of a transactional experience and more of a yeah. transformative experience. Um, it also allows for kind of the affinity groups, um, especially within our pathways. Right now, our advising model is really campus-based. And so there are some limitations with that. There are some assets to that as well. Um, but this opens up an opportunity for students to find other students who have similar trajectories and or different ones and can leverage Mm -hmm. um, strengths and weaknesses within those affinity groups too. So it's just another way to get to know our students and to celebrate all their accomplishments. They're amazing. They impress me every single day.
0: Every day. Yeah. Oh, I feel that too. Whenever we're looking at these portfolios that they've created, it's just incredibly inspiring. And um, I was curious if you could share a little bit about how um, your institution approaches the pathways. Every institution has a, a somewhat unique kind of story to tell in that that area.
1: So we are part of, uh, well, we st- our director of student services said that he started 20 years ago with this, but I'm not really <laughs> sure about that. Uh, we have a board of trustees resolution as of last year, which was really exciting to move the work forward. Um, So we have seven academic and career communities. And what we were trying to do within those academic and career communities was um, align kind of the stackable credentials, if you will. So we have certificate programs that share kind of a common core that's scaffold into an associate's programs that feed into a bachelor's program. Mm -hmm. So students can explore with guardrails and not waste time, credit or money in their exploration. So that was our approach to our guided pathways. And and we have um we have a model set up right now and certainly we will um continue to examine and improve upon the alignment that we have both within the academic and career communities and between them. And so we're looking at our gen ed core right now as well.
0: There's many institutions that are in that same position. And that's pi- part of why this work is so important. And I think it's bringing a lot into the the light that needs to, to be reviewed for the benefit of the students and the institution. So it's all part of the process. You know, I think that, you know, I would like to say the majority of institutions are well-meaning and there to serve students. And, um, and along the way, sometimes these things get created and may not have the level of attention that they deserve. And it's important to just kind of have those conversations and keep you know moving the, the institutions forward and innovating in the, the way that your institution is continuing to do. Uh, under your leadership. I think it's a, you know, a very honest and open conversation that a lot of institutions um, need and, and, and should have. So it's, it's like
1: you change one thing and then you realize all the other things that kind of need improvement as well. Connected. I mean, we started with painting a closet and we went to a bathroom remodel, you know, like <laughs> it it is uh, oh, I know
0: that well. That is oh, what I this feels like
1: well. and and honestly I think that some of that um cascade effect is brought to light because of and because of those aha moments that we're having when we see things structurally that that could also benefit students' success and equitable outcomes. And so, like, how can we turn a blind eye to that, that, you know, now we are seeing it in a way we never did before. So we're grateful for that vision and somewhat exhausted about the work that is before <laughs> us as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we fixed that problem. And here's another one to be addressed.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that sounds really familiar in my world, too. <laughs> Uh (laughs) But it does. It does keep us, um, you know, being active, creative and uh, really, you know, working toward that um, common goal to to make education better, make the student experience better and um, hopefully make their experiences better in their communities and. Um, you know, without sounding too lofty, and you know, improve the world. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's too lofty. <laughs> you, There's work can... to be done. Thank you so much, Abby. I I really appreciate uh, you joining me today, and you know, sharing everything that your institution is working towards around e-portfolios and reflective pedagogy, high impact practices, you're doing so many wonderful things. And I would love to uh, set up a time, you know, a year from now um, to kind of get a pulse on, you know, how things expanded, you know, in, so are you starting year two or this is going to be the beginning of year three, isn't it? We
1: are starting year two.
0: Just starting year two. Gosh, you've done so much already. So yes, we should talk again in a year. And um, and then we can follow up with listeners on uh, everything that you were able to accomplish and using some of the new course and assessment features that are available in Digication Quora and um, all of the wonderful portfolios that your students are going to be continuing creating as you're um, kind of implementation expands at the campus and I'm really excited about this um, incorporation of the advising I've also always felt like it has such a wonderful fit within you know any kind of student support student services oriented areas within the campus it has a lot of value I think anytime students are able to share their story and lend to that kind of relationship building in different parts of the, the institution, the better. So thank you again for for joining me today, Abby.
1: You are welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Talk to you soon. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. This concludes our conversation. To hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation Series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.